Hello and welcome to the Get Stuck In podcast. I'm Max. I'm here with Sam. We're back again this week. We haven't left it quite as long this year. Um, we're, we're for, we've come up with a new structure um, for the podcast. Uh, we're looking to um, promote uh, people coming onto the podcast rather than us two just discussing every uh, the topics from the week every week. Um, so we're looking to get people on. We want to get fans. We want to get um, people involved with clubs on and generally make the podcast more inclusive. Um, so we come up with a new structure. We're going to talk about the title race, um, everything that's going on in the league, the relegation battle. Um, and then we're going to move on to the guest, um, talk about their favourite moment in football, their favourite players, um, their favourite memories, and talk about the one player they wish their club had signed. Um, and we hope this will provide a bit more inclusivity to the podcast and uh, provide a bit more of a, a bit more of an atmosphere as we're doing it this week it is just us two but in future episodes we're gonna we're gonna try and get some different people on um, but yeah that's that's that for now um, so we're gonna start with the with the with a summary of the weekend I'm gonna look at a few of the biggest games um, obviously the big one Liverpool Man United once again it was built up very very we, very high before we jump yeah. into this I just want to say, Jack Wiltshire's back in football. Carry on. He's the biggest baller. All right, I'm just going to say it. This isn't my words. Best player in the championship. Carry on. (laughs) 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 On a real though, on a real, great player. Shame about his injuries and I'm genuinely very happy he's back in the game. Let's talk about the game of the weekend. (laughs) Um, Let's, let's, let's move past that quickly. Um, no one was about that anymore. Um, so, the title race. It looks like Man United are in it. Um, the game was built very, very highly once again, um, as it has been over the last few years. And once again, although the actual... The play was more exciting than in recent games, the end result was yet again a stalemate, um, which we've seen multiple times in the last few years. Um, personally, I felt... Liverpool controlled the majority of the first half, but faded completely in the second half. Um, what, what do you reckon? What, what do you reckon Liverpool's problem is at the moment? I mean, I don't know if it's oversimplifying things, and I don't think this is particularly on them because this could very well be due to not just the Christmas schedule, but the year we've had with COVID and how that's affected the football pyramid as a whole. But the way everyone knows what Klopp's style is, it's all guns blazing 24-7. And we've seen teams that have been incredible for periods and then they just cannot keep going, literally. And it does feel like, I mean, what? They've probably been at full tilt now for about three years. It's been three years, I think, since the first Champions League final. At some point, that's going to catch up with you. (laughs) And not to say they're bad now, but Salah and Mane just don't particularly look the same level they were they just I think and it's not that's not to put it on them because I don't think anyone's been at the level and obviously as well you cannot that you cannot not consider the injuries they had I'm pretty sure everyone agrees if they had Gomez and Van Dyke they'd probably be comfortably top but I just think because I mean even Klopp even had it at Dortmund a little bit where they burnt out and then I think they had a relegation battle in his last year and I think that added on to the injuries added on to the um <laughs> 
add on to the COVID schedule, it was always going to have an impact. And I mean, also, we've, I mean, Liverpool have never had, uh, they've never played the role of the leader in the last couple of years. They've always been chasing and it always felt like that suited them. So I think there are a lot of reasons that this is, this is happening. And I also, I also don't think it's as bad as people are maybe making out. It's like, <laughs> um, Man City and Liverpool set such high standards. It's, scary to think about getting 98 and 99 points and 100 points like is it the invincible's got like 81 points or something like i i feel like pre this last few years any team that are in the top four right now would be considered like doing incredibly well but instead we're like oh man united have dropped points liverpool drop points so i think yeah i i, I don't think they were ever going to live up to what they've set but I don't think it's as bad as people think. And I think even without Van Dijk and even without Gomez, I think Liverpool can still win the league. Um, but yeah, the game itself, like you said, it's kind of becoming a bit of a repeating pattern with that game where there's just a lot, there's almost just too much at stake. Neither team want to properly commit everything to it and go for it. I agree that Liverpool will probably dominant especially in terms of possession but I do think Man United had I think it was two in the second half massive chances to win it um but yeah it's probably just one of those where both teams wanted to get the point and move away from it um yeah be interesting to see where it goes from now yeah I I personally thought it's not just Liverpool I thought Man United were very good um I mean I heard Michael Richards talking at half time um about how he was criticising United quite heavily um, in their play style of sitting back, uh, letting the pressure build. Um, but I tend to disagree with that. He was he was talking about how United can't win the league playing that way. I mean, we've seen Leicester do it, and I know it was a it was a, a one off season, but you can you can accrue quite a number of points as a counter attacking team. We've seen that even Le- like even Leicester this year quite often. Um, yeah. The pace of Vardy up front is um, it's a useful tool when you're pacey strikers. Um, I thought Solskjaer did very, very well, especially with pinning the fullbacks back. I thought Robert... It was midway through the second half that I saw Robertson get forward. Um, yeah. I think... I can't remember, but I think he played... I think he played Rashford on the right or through the middle, mm. um, which has been slightly different to what he usually does. Yeah. Rashford's uh, playing off the left wing normally. But... Um, yeah, he. I think social. I think social has taken a lot of heat over the last year, especially with going out the Champions League. But he's shown that he has he has the metal to compete with the best now. I think we saw it in his first season and a half. He was mm. still beating the big teams, but he was struggling against the lower teams. He had a very good record against the top six, but couldn't really hack it against the likes of Burnley and stuff. Which is, which is fair enough because they just sit back. You've got to break them down. Um, but now we're seeing they're picking up wins against tough teams like Villa, Wolves. Um, Burnley is still a tough team to break down. And they're still picking up points against the big ones. Um, although they had the mishaps against Spurs. Um, see, this is what I was going to say. I think <clears throat> I was watching the game against Liverpool and there was, there was a lot of people who were sort of saying that if Man United get something, I think if they got a win, it would have been incredible because it's been this Liverpool unbeaten run. But Man United getting a result in a one-off game against any big team in recent years isn't really a surprise. And I think in isolation, 
it's not that big a deal, especially with the injuries and situation at Liverpool. But obviously there's the added pressure of being top. But in actual fact, I, I agree with you, they've shown that they can do it against the big teams under Solskjaer. But this year, I think they haven't won in their first... I think they played against all five of the big six now. And they've, um, I think they've got three points, which is just three draws. I think, because, I mean, they lost to Arsenal, who, I mean, I don't think they count as a top six team this year. But, and you mentioned the Champions League defeat. I think that is where, if this title push will fall down, that's where it could. It's, it's almost as if they've put the energy into reversing the form against the lower teams and maybe lost that against the big teams. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean, a draw away at Liverpool's still incredible. And like you said, I think the Tottenham game was a bit of a weird one that you almost can't, it's a bit like the Liverpool 7-2, you almost can't really take it for face value. But I think they what they've done is they've definitely proved everyone that they are in the title race, at least for the time being. Um, but sort of, I guess, to open the conversation a bit more, obviously Man City have just been uh, trotting along below. And I think they're now only one game behind. And they're only one... I think they're four points behind Man U. No, they can go ahead of Man U now, can't they? Yeah. If they win go, their game in hand. Yeah, they can go. I think they can go two points ahead of United and four points ahead yeah. of Liverpool. I mean, Leicester won. That was a great win. Yeah. Right, against Southampton. Um, yeah. I mean, you said Tottenham, albeit it was only Sheffield United, they got another win. I mean, the league is just crazy. Yeah. Southampton, I haven't seen a team that technically good that's supposedly not one of the big teams in the league. The yeah. first half, they, they, were, they were unlucky to lose the game in terms of, like, Leicester managed the game very well and were well worth their win. But Southampton deserved something from the <laughs> The way they pass the ball is like the best teams in the I league. I mean, especially when you take out some of the players they lost, like Hoybjerg. Yeah, like, Danny didn't play. yeah. No, yeah, they're a great team. I mean, War Prowse is obviously... I, I love There's a few you standout, like War Prowse and Danny Ings, but their whole team, even even their centre-back, is it uh, Vestergaard and um, Bednarek? Yeah. Even them, they, they seem like new players. I mean, they've scored a lot of set-pieces, yeah. but even, like you say, they're, they're a billion on the ball. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, they're a top seed. I mean, I, if I was a fan of them or I was involved with them, I would definitely be hoping for a European push from them. Mm. Um, I mean, Walcott looks like a new player. So, I mean, yeah, the league is just... I mean, that's the only thing when you mentioned Man United. Normally, you can't really rely on that style of play to win a league, potentially, in Micah Richards' view. Maybe in a season that's as messy as this, you potentially can. It, it may be more pliable. You maybe don't need to be as sort of consistent and dominant in all your games to accrue like such a high number of points. But but then yeah, you have Man City, who've won eight straight now. Yeah, Man City have yeah. just... They, it just seems like they've just got angry and they're just like, we're getting it done. Again, I never got the uh, the rhetoric a couple, a couple months ago of they're out of a title race. Mm. They're too good of a, they were always too good of a team to fall that far behind. I mean, I think one, of the, one of the games they... Was, I know they dropped a couple of... I think they drew to Leeds, but they drew to West Ham away, I remember. They drew to West Ham yeah, and a lot of people, I remember the West Ham game, were just like, that's it. That There's too many drop points. And I was like, West Ham are a very good side this year. Like, I think, I think when people look at the table, they had two games in hand and obviously they hadn't played them. So yeah. I think I think a lot of people may have just unconsciously yeah. looked at it and gone, oh, it's just too big of a gap. Yeah. Had those games. And I think they play one of them this week um, against Villa. Yeah, I think they've got a nice 
ish run while they're sort of in the middle of all. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they picked up some huge wins against Man U in the cup and things. And I mean, didn't John Stones get a brace? I didn't watch the Palace game. Yeah. Oh, he's just like a different player. I mean, it's good for England at the Euros if he keeps it up. But yeah, um, I would say, I sort of mentioned it last week, Man City. Uh, my favourites, and I think they've just backed it up even more since we filmed that episode. Um, but I mean, if I mean, how, do you, does anyone actually know how long Van Dyke is away? Is it is it not even going to be this year? There was a video of him a day or so ago of him doing some keepy up. He's outdoors. Oh, he's back. He's peak condition. Um, yeah, I think it's unlucky for Liverpool because obviously you waited so long to get this title, and you you really could have done something special in one, two or three, I, I I think. I mean, you could always come back and win it next year. You could still win it this year, but obviously it's going to be harder without those two players. And it is, it's one of those things where as a rival fan, like sometimes you're glad to see something like that because you can maybe benefit from it. But from a footballing perspective, it would have been incredible to see how well you would have done with a fully fit team. But I mean, I guess it's kind of affected everyone. Everyone's lost players in some ways this sort of period but um yes and last thing in the prem i guess bit of a i mean we had shepherd united winning last week breaking their duck and i know they had won a game before but west brom picking up a huge win away at um wolves sam Allardyce's first win could not believe it i saw it was i i didn't actually watch the game but i saw it was 2-1 and then i looked 20 minutes later and it's 3-2 and i'm like oh my god Yeah. yeah could not believe it um what a win for allardyce Wolves just keep slipping down the table as well. Um, and they had Willy Bolly back, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I don't know what to yeah. say. I don't know what to make of Wolves. We, well, we mentioned it before, didn't we? Jimenez is just such a... I think this shows how good he actually was. He was like still criminally underrated um, the last few years, despite what he's done. And I think this is just showing... Like, that's another one like Van Dyke. It's just such a shame. Because, I mean, imagine, imagine if they had him and assuming they were firing. I mean... The competition for like the top six this year would probably be the most competitive it's been. I mean, we didn't even mention all of that talk then. Everton, who have just kept going, kept picking up wins. It's just, yeah. But Sam Allardyce, I thought this was too far. He's not going to be able to get this one back. And I mean, obviously he hasn't yet, but <laughs> it's not a bad first step. And he just, <clears throat> do you think he'll do it? Do you think he'll? No. I don't. No. I, I I think it's too late this year as well. They, but they, they, they got two penalties as well, and I, obviously. If um if he does, little sort of big question. If he does keep them up, mm. where how highly would you rate him as a manager? Because that would be an incredible. I rate him quite highly anyway, because he does well at most. He does well at every job he's done. Like he, he's he succeeded at every single job, going yeah. back to Bolton. So, England, hundred percent record. Yeah, can't argue with it. <laughs> I know. Um, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, one, one game, one win. Not bad. Um, yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see them staying up. Obviously, if he does keep them up, it will just back up. I think what we know about him that he, he is a winner. Yeah, and he gets. He gets. He gets wins. He's a bit like. A, he is a bit like a Mourinho in that sense, but just on a slightly lower pedestal. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not much yeah. more I can say about that. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the Prem done. I mean, it's one of those where just every week you're kind of like jaw dropped at one result, 
and shocked by another. It's just hectic, and I think if Man City like, can keep that form. The most reactionary season I've seen in a long time. Yeah, definitely. There's a different opinion every week. Yeah. Like Spurs were winning the title in November, <laughs> Liverpool in December. Now it's United in January, and it's yeah. edging towards going to be Man City now. I mean, it felt like years ago. There was a time when everyone thought Everton had like wrapped the thing up. It's crazy. It's just, yeah. yeah the problem yeah. is... First month, people thought yeah. Everton... Yeah. It's just... Yeah. It's a crazy... Yeah, and I mean, it, it's great from a neutral point of view. It's frustrating that Arsenal aren't sort of more in it than they potentially should be, but it's just incredible. And I think it definitely... I think this season, if people still doubted this, you know, there's that argument of sort of best league in the world. I think regardless of what the best league in the world is, this is probably up there with the most competitive... I mean, yeah. some would say the championship as well, but just like, especially right now, anyone can be anyone. It is in Europe, at least, definitely. I, yeah. I think. Just in terms of the quality of team, I I think we do get a little bit carried away because obviously we don't follow Spanish football yeah. that in depth, German football or Italian. So we don't know how good these sort of lower teams that are lower in the table. So like, we don't, you know, watch a Huesca or... yeah. Or a shout, well, it's, it's even even a team like Sevilla. They're not yeah. even a small Spanish team. They're a top yeah, Spanish team, and it's like yeah. every time they beat an English team, we're like, "Oh, what's going on there?" Yeah. <laughs> it's just like they yeah. are a quality team. It's like they said. I know we mentioned Jack Walsh was a joke, but when Pep, when he's at Barcelona, I mean, he said like, "We've got like a hundred of him in Spain." Like yeah. it's just different standards everywhere. And yeah, I think there's definitely. Yeah. Bias, but yeah. So you mentioned German football there, and we wanted to just touch on it because it's been a pretty, pretty massive moment this week with Bayern, who I think have actually been on a fairly on and off run. I think they lost to Magladbach a few weeks ago, and um, they lost in the cut, the Pokal Cup to a second division team. I can't even remember the name of the team now, but they beat them on pens. Yeah, it was Kiel, I think. Oh, okay, but I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they played, it was quite nice because um, I watched the highlights. They played like a, not full strength, but a very strong team. Yeah, a strong team. It's, it's quite refreshing, to be honest, mm. to, see, um, to see a club of that size go down to a club of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 95th minute equaliser for that team. Yeah. I just, I just rate it because I, I, I remember I used to get so frustrated this when there'd be a big, there'd be a quote unquote giant killing in the FA Cup. And you look at it and you're like, I think I think Arsenal lost in Nottingham Forest one year and it was like, oh, wow. And it was like, all 11 of our players were under 22 or something. Yeah. And it's like, great, it is great for Nottingham Forest and it is a giant killing, but like, this is a giant killing. Yeah. Like, their team was incredible. Um, and I, I, like I said, I think you've got to respect Bayern for that. And I think it's yeah. an admirable way to lose. And I think Hansi Flick kind of recognised that and he didn't sort of kick yeah. off about it. He just took it and... um. Yeah, I think it's just a, a really sort of nice moment, really. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, Jovic, or yeah, I think it's Jovic, might be Jovic, I don't know, went from went from Frankfurt to Real Madrid two years ago, maybe one year ago, for huge money, like 60 million. I 70 think. million. I think 70 million. And then didn't really do it. He's gone back online and he scored within about seven minutes. It was a great finish against Schalke, just sort of powered it in. But yeah, I just think I think there's something that they bought him initially for four hundred k, so they bought him for that, sold him for <laughs> almost infinite million. more. Yeah, 
<laughs> and then they get him back for free. But it's it's a weird one. You do get players like that, don't you? But they're just incredible at certain, not even necessarily level, just a certain club. It's just the right fit. There's so many players that, and it is like it's like it with all players that you, there are plenty of players who have been flops that probably would have been fantastic in another environment. Yeah, they and it is it is a, it's a slightly similar. I, I think a similar situation in terms of Timo Werner at the moment. I think yeah. if he'd gone Liverpool, he would have been fantastic. Yeah, under Klopp, the guy the guy scored nearly thirty goals in the Bundesliga last year. He's not trash. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> He's just lacking confidence. Yeah. And that's, that's literally what every sports person lives off confidence. Mm. You don't have it, you're not going to play well. So uh, I think Klopp breeds confidence. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm not saying Lampard's a bad manager. I just think Klopp's a better one. I think yeah. he would have got So it's all about the environment. Mm. I think like, I mean, it's, shot- it's interesting, isn't it, with Werner? Like, if they did change the manager, which is potentially being rumoured, like, would that just change everything for him, or is, is it the English league? But I mean, like even Aubameyang, I, I, to be honest, was a little bit worried when we got Aubameyang and thought it could be a bit like Werner, and he completely proved me wrong, and just got the league straight away. But um, yeah, I, I fully agree though. Werner at Liverpool would have been terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So should we move on to the main portion or yeah. the next? This um, is, I'm excited for this. Uh, this is the thing I've been saying to you. I'm just excited about this to hear what people have yeah. to say. This is why I'm so <laughs> desperate for people to come on because I think this is like take the fact that with recording the podcast. I think this is just going to be interesting. And I'm we've already mentioned ours to each other a little bit. I just find like yours fascinating. Like it's kind of thing we hadn't really talked about because it doesn't come up naturally. So I think this is just such a good little format with stories um you just don't know about this is, this is what this is the beauty of it yeah um so first off what's your favorite memory your your be- well no not your favorite memory your, your, let's go with your first memory of football. okay yeah so uh my first memory of football is actually not a good one um anyone who knows arsenal's history potentially and my age potentially know what this is but my first memory is watching Lehman get sent off in the Champions League final against Barcelona. And then Almunia getting nutmegged. And I just like, I wasn't even particularly an Arsenal fan. I just remember my dad being absolutely livid watching it. And obviously at that time we were, we probably were the best team in Europe, like, or maybe the year before the Invincible year, everyone says we should have won it. And I just remember even not following the team, not being that into it, just being gutted that they hadn't done it. Um, and yeah I don't know I mean it's one of those things like it's a bit of a joke isn't it Arsenal have won the Champions League and to get that close and like I don't think we've had a moment like that since the FA Cup the FA Cups have been big but I mean watching it's so it's almost frustrating watching Liverpool and whoever have been in it since like even Chelsea just getting it done Um, yeah I mean if I see it again in my lifetime I'll be very lucky and very happy, but my football journey started out in a very bad way. What was your first memory of football? Um, in terms of um, in the ground, um, my beloved Exeter City fourth tier League Two. Um, I've been going. I've been going with my dad since I was six months old, but obviously I wasn't remembering those games. <laughs> um, the earliest game I can remember was 
when we were in the National League, we lost 2-1 at home to Hereford. I remember they, they had a free kick to make it 2-1 and I literally turned away and I was like, they're just going to score. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> and they put it in and uh, I was gutted. Um, my first, first, my earliest memory um, watching on TV uh, was obviously was watching Liverpool, the FA Cup final. So it was a great FA Cup final in 2006 and it's still one of the best memories I've ever had. Probably second to the Champions League run and the Premier League title this year. Yeah. But, um, so third, but 2006 FA Cup final, Gerrard's last minute thunderbolt from 35 yards out, go on to win on pens. Unbeaten, honestly. What a way, like, on that, that is my earliest memory and then it was the World Cup and then I, was, yeah, on from there. I think I probably, I probably watched games earlier than that, but that is my, like, most significant yeah. memory. Of the longer. I think, yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned sort of in the ground compared to on TV. <laughs> I have such a bizarre um, first get going to game. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been to as many games I would have liked. Obviously, Arsenal, everyone knows, is quite a lot of money to go to. So I've, I've gone a couple of times, but no more than that. And I've watched um, a few local clubs and things. But I guess the team I've probably seen the most, it might be Brighton now, another way at Brighton Uni, but... Um, I've seen Bristol City quite a lot. I went to Ashton Gate. A couple of my friends are Bristol City fans. But when I played youth football, we went to um, we went to Ashton Gate to watch. We got free tickets to England under twenty ones versus Uzbekistan under twenty ones. Barnstormer of a game. It was incredible. Is what the first, I think it was the first football match I went to. Maybe Bristol City game, and um, two 0 win. Little known player, Wolf Zaha. Didn't score, but he played. I missed both the goals as well. Didn't have TV, so I didn't see the replay. Um, too busy on the old ball for all, probably. But, yeah. Watch Zaha play, which is quite cool, especially with how he's gone on to to boss it in the Premier League. But, um, I mean, yeah. It's just so... It's just... Everyone has those first moments. This is what I mean. I can't wait to get other people on and hear all... Like, in my head, everyone's first football moment or memory is the Barcelona Champions League final. And when you told me yours, I was like, mate, it's crazy. Like yours is Exeter or Liverpool. People are going to have so many. So yeah, this is why we want people to come on and we're hoping to get, like we said, fans, but potentially even people in the game. And I think we're just going to hear loads of good stories doing this. So um, yeah, if we move on to the next one, as we said, there's a bit of crossover with first, but now I'm going to talk about favourite footballer memory of your club. Um, So you, of course, support your beloved Liverpool. What is your favourite footballing Liverpool moment or memory? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Exeter City because uh, Exeter City. Oh, wow. Exeter City are always gonna be my number one. If if Exeter City made it to the Prem, I would support. Really, uh, I did not know that. I didn't I, know I did, that. I went to the not the last one, but we drew Liverpool twice in the <laughs> FA Cup about three years. Was that when was that when Klopp did his? No, Klopp was like a, I swear, who did you play when Klopp did an interview in like a tea room or something? I can't remember. But anyway, anyway. I, yeah. I think that was the draw, but we lost 3 1. I remember Andy Carroll scored in that game. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was back in it, back Exeter all day. Um, yeah. yeah, so my ex, my favorite Exeter memory was, um, and it is my favorite memory um, out of anything um, to do with football. 
we met, <laughs> we've had a torrid time recently in the playoffs in League Two, but the first time we made it in the last few years, we played Carlisle in the playoff semi-finals. 1-1 in the first leg at Carlisle, came back to Exeter. We went 2-0 up. They bring it back to 2-2 in the 80th minute, absolutely gutted. I think we're going to bottle it. Then Jack Stacey on loan. I think he was on loan from Luton. Might mm. be wrong. But I, I don't think he played much that season at all. Um, yeah. He was a fullback. And he just he comes on in the late late 80th minute, 80, 90th minute. Um, in injury time. Just picks the ball up on the right. On the left foot. Just smashes it top bins from outside the box. Oh, mate, the scenes, honestly. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it to take yeah. it to Wembley. We lost the playoff final, but it's still it's still an amazing memory, honestly. Yeah. I've never been that happy watching a game of football. Yeah. The only like the obvious one for Liverpool is Liverpool Barca um in Champions League. Um that I, you, I can comfortably win. say that's the worst night of my life. That's my worst <laughs> football moment. I the first time we've ever watched the game together, we're in a sports bar. Literally me and then your entire group of friends who are pretty much all Liverpool fans apart from... No, no they were nah, not. It was all Liverpool and there's one Palace fan and he's got, he's given you it all game and I'm, I'm just sat there like, I don't think he should be saying all this. I think this is going to come back. And then it does. And even at 2 or 3 nil, he was still saying, oh, you're going out, you're going out. And I was just sat in silence in shock. Oh, it was awful. And then, obviously, the celebrations ensued. I did not enjoy that night. And if I could change one thing about football, I would make it. So, Dembele scored the fourth goal in the first leg. And you <laughs> did not do that. That If that was a question, that's my answer. I hate Liverpool 4-0 Barcelona. Carry on, though. It's your, it's, it's your question. You've ruined it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh... I mean, yeah. What more can I say? What what night that was? I was I I was one of my my, my close friends was convinced that we were going to win. I thought he was yeah. crazy. How does that like? Who thinks they're going to come back from that? Who does? Yeah. Like even the first leg, we were, in my opinion, the better team in the first leg. It was just messy. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, I think that's why I hated it. I'm a I'm a proper messy fan boy. I think there was that. There's, there was beginning to be those things of people saying like Ronaldo's more clutch or better in the Champions League or not. And he had that first leg, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is football in history. This is like what he deserves." And then that happened, which was not nice. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like I don't know if I'll ever see anything that dramatic. I mean, your team was awful as well, wasn't it? You had injuries and suspensions and things. I don't think yeah, Salah and Firmino didn't play. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, I hate it, but it was unbelievable. <laughs> Go on, then. what's yours? Um, well, I want to honourably mention the first Arsenal game I went to, watched Sunderland. Thomas Rizicki, quality footballer, underrated, bit like Jack Wilshire, injuries, you know. Um, obviously, everyone knows the Jack Wilshire versus Norwich goal. Uh, mate, this is we should may as well call this the Jack Wilshire episode. I don't even mean for that to happen, but yeah, the Norwich goal, the famous goal where him and Giroud play about 10 1 twos in two meters of space. Um, Riziki basically scores like an 80% as good version of that, and it's just classic Arsene Wenger football at the time. I was right behind the goal, 
I think he does a one-two with Wilshire, then with Giroud, and then dinks the keeper, and it's just amazing. So I'd say that's definitely the best goal I've seen live. And it was just like, I've made that trip to London. I almost felt bad because it was so expensive for my parents. And then it was just like, oh, wow, this is why we came all this way, just to see that. Oh, and also, this is completely coincidental. Um, Dennis Bergkamp's statue was unveiled that day. He was at the stadium. We did a talk at halftime. He's my favourite player of all time. Not bad. Not bad. And yeah, it was. It was honestly. We got there. We didn't even. I didn't even know on the way up. We got there and it was like, I think Dennis Bergkamp's gonna be there. So yeah, that was my. That was definitely my favourite in-game moment, in stadium moment. But my favourite moment is pretty unquestionable, and it's in my opinion, it completely trumps a four 0 comeback against Barcelona. Um, right. right. Imagine. I mean, what was that? Was that? semi-final in a final and we're not going to mention Istanbul in a final <laughs> at Wembley the home of football whole city 2-0 up oh. Arsenal, Arsenal oh. need a hero European elite hole. yeah well, Steve Bruce Man United <laughs> captain managing them right it's, I'm pretty sure his son was on the pitch as well I mean I'm trying to beat family there's blood in that team we're 2-0 down oh, like oh it's been nine years since the trophy nine years since that Champions League final. All all my life I've been told Arsenal are good at football and I'm watching it and I'm like, not seeing this. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting this from. And then Santi Cazorla, who I also think this is just tangents. Santi Cazorla is so underrated. Just scores such a good free kick. It was so far out, so accurate, so powerful. And then obviously we come back and Ramsey kind of steals the show as he did pretty much every time we played at Wembley. But it was just like, it was such a big build-up to that game. And obviously we had the Birmingham Carabao Cup or Carling Cup final at the time. And I was just like, this has to be a win. It just has to be. We scraped past Wigan in the semi. And then we get Hull and you just think, come on, please do it. And then we go 2-0 down to two. Uh, to be fair to Hull, they were really clever set pieces. Both of them were like training ground set pieces. Came off perfectly. But when you've got a little Spaniard, which doesn't have a weak foot there's not much you can do about it so yeah that those two but Santi Cazorla what a player what a man what a goal um, and it's better than the Liverpool comeback moving on <laughs> next one yeah. uh, we've done our favourite club memory and um, next one is a bit different is your favourite memory from football a moment in football that isn't your team so it's a player or another another team doing something uh, that just sticks out in your head and you're just like, you love that moment. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? You go first. You go first. Okay, yeah, so I, I'm worried that mine may potentially be a bit of a basic one, I'm not sure, and I've kind of potentially given it away. I love Lionel Messi. I think he's incredible. I think he's the best player of all time. I don't think there's a debate. And my favourite moment, I'm watching it on TV. It's the only time I've ever been, like, shaken watching a game. It's, I think it's one at a time. I think he's just scored against Neuer. They were they were played okay. I think it was Pep at Bayern as well. So it was kind of like the comeback. They've been dominant, but they just cannot get back. It was in that era when Neuer was like not even a goalkeeper. He was something else. He was on a different level. And Messi scores at the front post to go one nil up. And there's another guy Neymar scored late. But the second goal when Messi just takes it past Boateng with 
the it was, I don't know if you can call it a skill, the simplest skill in world football, just cutting it back onto his right. And then you're just like, oh, he's not going to do anything. He's on his right foot and he just chips. Like, that Neuer, I don't think you can under like overstate how good that Neuer was. It's ridiculous. Like, Arsenal played them like every year at that time. We just kept drawing them in the Champions League. And Neuer would just destroy us all the time. And for him to even have the audacity to consider chipping him on his weak foot, after, like, I mean, a lot of people say that was the moment Boateng's career just dipped from the memes that followed. Messi chipping, Neuer. It's the one. I, I've never been more just, wow, watching a game of football. So that's my moment. What is yours? I think um, I thought you could have mentioned, if you were talking about Messi, because I watched, I watched it again the other day, um, when Messi scored a last-minute winner in El Clasico at the Bernabeu. 3-2 he took his oh, mate what a moment I watched it like honestly Messi I mean let's yeah, be honest there's about a hundred moments you can pick of him it's honestly, crazy that's probably my favourite Messi moment taking your shirt off in front of the Madrid crowd after mm. scoring an injury time winner what I love that goal I don't, I don't I didn't watch this game I think this was sort of as and when I was getting into football but you know the goal where Busquets just lays it off to him against yeah. Real Madrid he just runs through he's just he's just unbelievable and I, I know I know there's a lot of debate about who's the best, but in my head, it's clear. It's him. And yeah, my favourite moment is Messi chipping the ball over the best goalkeeper in the world. Tell you what, I've got... <laughs> I'm struggling here because they both involve Ajax. <laughs> they both involve Ajax. Um, and they're from the same season. That, to be honest, I, I was struggling a bit with this one because there's quite a few. I mean, it could be... It could be... It doesn't have to be... A particular I've, moment. I've it could, it could just point. be the Ajax... Year yeah. or whatever. I've got a bit of short-termism here with my memory. Um, but I'm going to go... I want to say the Spurs, Lucas Moore. <laughs> no <laughs> way. I Don't oh, disrespect. The first time we're doing this. I'm going to go I'm going to go with Ajax oh. beat, beating Real Madrid 4-1 at Burnley. I just want to say that would have been criminal if you had said Lucas Moore's goal left <laughs> nothing. But carry on. <laughs> Ajax Real Madrid. Ajax Real Madrid. Even more so than the Juve win. And I know Madrid were not that great that year. Was that the first one? Was that the first like big Ajax win? They, they beat that was round of sixteen. Mm. They beat Juve in the quarters and then they beat and they lost to Spurs. Um but oh my god, what a game. Like, <laughs> you knew Ajax were good. You knew they were good, and you knew it was one of the better Ajax teams um, in, a, in quite a few years. But they went 2-0 up in a flash, and it was like you had, a, you had Dusan Tadic doing 360s in the middle of the park, setting up David Neres. Um, and then and then obviously Tadic bangs one in from just outside the box. You think it's over. Asensio scores, and you think, oh, here we go. Madrid are going to come back. And then Schoener just just pings one in from the corner of the, literally from the from the from the throwing line, yeah. and just pings one in top bins over Courtois. I mean, Jesus! I'm like I was stunned. Like I I haven't been that stunned in a long time. Um, watching a game of football like that, a team that's supposed to be is part of the European elite but it's been so far off the radar for about 20 years since they won it in 96, I think. 
Um, God, just it. This tell you what, when they lost to Spurs, I was quite happy because I, I thought they were the better of the two teams. Out of Spurs. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Obviously, I don't want Tottenham to win anything, but I I just think Liverpool Ajax would have been a different level yeah. final, especially compared to what we got in the end. Much more a threat of losing that game if it was yeah. Ajax. I think they were a better team than Spurs that year, hundred percent. I think Spurs just had to. I mean, to be fair, to Spurs as well. Kane was out, wasn't he? And then he came back, sort of rushed yeah. for the final. Yeah, that that's my moment. That I'm definitely missing a few um, moments that I've just. Yeah, beaten. I mean, now that you mentioned them, I just want to check in. This wouldn't necessarily be a favorite moment, but just like teams we love, Monaco the year Mbappe came through. I remember they beat Man City in their run. And it was just uh, at the Etihad. Falcao scored a chip. Yeah, great. I love that. I love that when you just get that team. I mean, you kind of maybe say Atalanta was it last year? Maybe uh, Leipzig. They're just so good to watch. Yeah. There's definitely one. There's definitely a few that I've just completely missed. I mean, this is the beauty of it. We're going to be on this every week, so we can change our minds. Yeah, so yeah, when we do true. get people on, you've only got one chance, so you cannot mess yeah. up. You've got to get your perfect four answers to these four questions. Yeah. So then moving on to the fourth, we have got the one player that you wish your team signed, and it can be realistic, it can be something that was rumoured, or it could be completely unrealistic. Obviously, we probably want to avoid the likes of saying Messi, Ronaldo, just because who wouldn't want them. Um, but if that's just really what you want, crack on <laughs> we're not going to stop you um you were still struggling to think of yours i've got my yeah. i've had mine locked in you were yeah. still struggling to think prior to feel like 20 seconds prior to filming do you have your player yes and no so you go first <laughs> <laughs> but well, mine's, well, i'm going to keep mine short because mine's obvious uh well not obvious but mine's easy to explain it's a relatively realistic one we were heavily linked with him it's a become a bit of a meme this whole saga now but I think it was 2014 yeah 2014 it was just before we got out of like the same window we went in for Suarez 40 million and a pound all that joke if we had got him and I have no shame in this line I know this is true we would have won the league that year not even that we were good Suarez was just a different level of football player like I said about Neuer it's just it's almost like for one or two years they're at the Messi Ronaldo level, but the difference is between them that Messi Ronaldo did it for 15. But Suarez was unplayable. To be fair to him, probably for about three or four years. Um, but Barca, yeah. Is he Barca's second all time assist? Yeah. yeah. I've probably done a bit of a disservice saying that. But yeah, yeah Suarez is mine. Um, we would have won the league and he was so good to watch. I think it was when he had his band as well. I think he was in the middle of the band when we tried to buy him, but I'm not sure. But regardless, I'm going for Luis Suarez. If Arsenal signed him, we would have won the league. We, I mean, literally, I think, I mean, whether we would have signed Urza was a different question, but that year, or maybe it was a year or two later, was the year where he could have broken the assist record. It was well on track. And then Giroud just decided I'm not going to score for 15 games. <laughs> you just think if that was Suarez, even if we got Suarez, won the league, sold into Barcelona, fine by me, I would have taken it. So mine's Luis Suarez, obviously from Liverpool. Um, you're going to have to, I mean, like I said, we can change these. We're here forever, but you do need to come to a conclusion now. <laughs> Max Gillum, so if Liverpool could sign one player, any point in history, could be today, it could be 
right the second Istanbul finished, who would you sign? This is the issue because I, we talked about this before. I've never been that upset about us not signing anyone because I've been more upset by players leaving us. Torres, Mascherano, Alonso, um, Sterling, Suarez, uh, Coutinho. I was so upset when they all left. Yeah. Players, players not coming to us is not really an issue for me. So yeah. there haven't been that many. That Like Suarez... I was still gutted when Suarez left for Barcelona, but if he'd gone Arsenal, yeah. that would have been even worse. Yeah. Um, the one we discussed earlier was Son, but for I mean, on a personal level, I didn't know much about Son. Looking back in hindsight, yeah, I think in hindsight, it's a great shout, but in the um, moment, you probably don't I know even think about Romano, But you can't have too much. You always have something in your team. You can't have too much depth. You look well, I mean, the way the way you fit Jota in a few times when you played yeah. like all four. I mean, Klopp about Jota, got them all about Jota as well. I if we hadn't signed him and someone else had snapped him up, he would be my pick because I've wanted <laughs> from the moment we came from and I saw him that first year. I mean, we, we didn't even mention him. We talked about Van Dijk injury and things like that. I mean, he was incredible for you mm. when prior to his injury. So I mean, yeah, no, I, I think Jota's a shout if you hadn't got him. But, Tell you what, a centre-back in 2013-14 would be the shout, because if we actually had a centre-back instead of Scotland... Right, so basically you want to swap swap Suarez for Laurent Cresciotti. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's happy someone, then. Someone competent at the back that season. <laughs> someone who can kick a ball. Tell you what, how many goals did we concede that season? Better be incredible. <laughs> Let's have a look. That was, that was, that, I mean, that was an odd season as well, like. It was just hectic. I mean, even Arsenal did relatively well. I think at Christmas we were kind of in and there are thereabouts. Ramsey was on fire that year and then uh, picked up an injury. Yeah. No, yeah. I hope you get Ramsey back, to be honest. <laughs> no, I think I think um, you've got to let, let things die sometimes. Not that I wouldn't take him, but I just think, you know, we, we rolled the red carpet out for him. We had all that moment. You ruin it if you bring him back. And also the way we're playing, I wouldn't want to do that to him. <laughs> Just let him let him chill out in Italy, pick up a few trophies, play with a very, very good footballer called Ronaldo. What's not to love? Uh yeah, so that uh, they are our picks for the four questions which we're gonna be asking uh viewers, listeners, hopefully people in the game. Uh, so just to recap, it's your first football memory, your favourite football memory, your favourite football memory of a different team or player uh, to yours, and then the one player you wish you had signed, and it can be as realistic as you want or as unrealistic as you want. It's completely up to you. I mean, ultimately, we asked those questions, but you, you saw with our answers there, we kind of went off on tangents. We just want to hear people's footballing stories. Um, everyone just loves football. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of people love football. And a lot of people love talking about football. I mean, this is what we kind of realised with the podcast. Like, great, we love talking about football together, but different voices is what makes it so good. So we really, really would like it if people can come on. We're going to be contacting or trying to contact uh, some bigger names. But yeah, there's going to be the email in the description to this video. Uh, and in all of our um, accounts, there's the Twitter as well. It's just Get Stuck In podcast. Uh, that will be in the description as well. Normally, we would now have the debate section, um, 
because we did both of our questions, obviously it's taken up quite a long time and we don't want the, the podcast to run too long. So next week, 99% there's going to be a guest. Who knows who it will be? Um, and there'll be a debate. So yeah, the, part, the guests will take part. They will answer these four questions and we'll chat about that, tell us their story. And then they will also take part in the in the um, debate. Actually, mention the debate. I don't know if you saw last week's 50-50. Leicester Tottenham. Um and I mean the results since then have kind of proved it right. Yeah. No, I think I think you could go with either or. Yeah. Either or is absolutely fine. I mean. But they're both viable contenders. I mean, you could say they're both viable contenders in the title race as well. So Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna be it for this podcast. Please, please do interact with us on Twitter and email and things. There won't be a poll this week. Um we hope you've enjoyed hearing our stories and memories like we said maybe we'll bring up some changes to ours I mean who knows my favourite football memory could be tonight when Arsenal win 8-0 against Newcastle I don't know (laughs) no one could know how good tonight's game which would definitely not be 0-0 is going to be but yeah please do get in touch I mean recommend anyone if you want us to try and get anyone we're going to be trying to get some big names we really want to sort of uh, go at this and be ambitious with it so if you have anyone you want to see if you have any Maybe some questions you want us to add to the list or sort of if you think one question doesn't really work, please let us know. Just get in touch. Um, Yeah, everything is in the description of things. We hope this new format is going to be really good. We hope you enjoy it. Um, Yeah, Uh, follow us on Spotify and subscribe on YouTube and like and comment and do all that good stuff. All that good stuff. That's what we need. (laughs)